Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And what a week it was. An emotional week. Pete, Charlie, Dave, glad to be with you on this Sunday morning. Emotional week because... Last week at this time, we were we were all chatting about the possibilities of moving on in the playoffs for the Wolves, and, you know, the Wolves in the Wild. Maybe not so much the Wolves, but at least some some positive uh, momentum. Maybe certainly the Wild we thought uh, might might have a chance of moving on, and then we we dip right from that into the promise and excitement of the NFL draft. Pete, good morning to you. Uh, we were we were chatting quite a bit on I think Thursday. Me, you, and Charlie, we were all texting, watching the NFL draft. Uh, I love yep. the NFL draft. It's always so much fun, it, not the least of which is you hear these great stories of these kids who, mm-hmm. who have persevered and, and gotten to where they are. And and then it's fun to just see, you know, where guys end up. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of thought about the Vikings and what they did. Matthew Collar will join us uh, at 1020 to talk more about that. Uh, in your mind, Pete, who was the best drafting team this year? Oh, well, um, I kind of am- – and, and across, I think there are two, and they're both from the same state. Uh, I, I'm looking at Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and I can't figure out which one I liked better. I think it might be Pittsburgh. I, I think that when you look for what do you need, uh, they went right after what, who I thought was one of the best offensive linemen in the entire draft, Broderick Jones from Georgia, who is outstanding. Joey Porter, the corner, who we – foolishly in my opinion passed up on um and then they got two two wisconsin kids but then they got that kid i'm telling you if there was one guy who is an absolute super freak in the draft who could could do anything and certainly a guy who could have helped out the vikings for a lot cheaper contract than what we did when we signed our tight end in the offseason darnell washington from georgia I, i i'll tell you what that kid is special and the only reason nobody really knows about him is there was so much talent on that offense for, offense for Georgia that he just didn't shine out because they had everybody else. They had the quarterbacks that's in bed. They had arguably the best tight end in all football who was only a sophomore, so he's going to be back. He's still at, at Georgia right now, a kid out of Napa, California. So, you know, it's, it's one of these things where I think they unearthed exactly what they needed um, you know, quarterbacks always love to have a big tight end. You, you and I have talked about that many, many times. Yep. And I think that they're going to be very happy with him. And I think at the corner, it's great to have a long, lean, uh, attacking corner like Joey Porter, who's obviously yeah. uh, part of the NFL royalty, really, because his father was unbelievable as well. So I really think they did great. But then Philadelphia was, you know, they, they continue to do what they do, which is, we're going to draft everybody from Georgia's defense and put them on our defense. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly what draft. they did, too. 
Yeah, and then we're going to grab a couple of kids from Alabama and throw them on offense because we think Alabama's yeah. better on offense, but maybe Georgia's a little bit better on defense. And they just keep going after these tackles and linebackers and even a corner this year who another one the Vikings, I think, made a mistake on. If I'm being too harsh on the Vikings, it's it's because I think no. they deserve it. I, I think that I, when you and I talk yeah. about them, we can get into that. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I was a little disappointed as well. Um, I know everyone says Philly went won it, you know, and and they did. I mean, they we all know that Philly drafted great in this draft. But I'll tell you, to me, a sneaky a sneaky team that did really well was Detroit. Um, yeah, I really I really like the Lions draft. I think, mm-hmm. and and I'll say this, uh, Jameer Gibbs. I think he was a reach. I think if you're gonna, mm-hmm. you, you don't didn't necessarily need to draft uh, a running back in the first round. Although they they lose Swift in a trade, so I see why they they needed to do that. But mm-hmm. I love the pick of um, Jack Campbell. I love the Laporta Ooh. pick, and and they got Hendon Hooker, which is a guy yeah. that you know you and I both were like, hey, let let's get this guy here. And and see what we can do with him. He's a bit of a project, but he's got mm-hmm. time. You know, Jared Goff is is going to be here for a while. So now you've got mm-hmm. a talent. And I and I think we all agreed that. And I guess this is what also bothered me, is that once you got through kind of those top three and four quarterbacks, it mm-hmm. really fell off. I mean, there just yeah. wasn't a lot of great talent left. And I know uh, Charlie will say this at some point. Next year's draft is is good with quarterbacks, right, Charlie? You. You've looked ahead. Williams uh, out of USC. That that's the guy you're looking for. So maybe next mm-hmm. year is the year to draft a quarterback. But I, mm-hmm. I, part of me also says, well, wait a second. If this is Kirk's last year, we don't have anybody now. And and I know that, you know, and this was my argument is you're not going to draft a guy next spring and expect him to come in day one. It just so rarely happens in the NFL, even for the best mm-hmm. quarterback. So I, I like that Detroit did that. I I also was. Slightly disappointed in, in the Vikings. You and I both were like, okay, uh, there's two or three guys that, that we could have. You know, maybe trade back and get a couple extra picks and then pick either Will Levis or Hendon Hooker or, or Joey Porter Jr., who we both liked. Uh, instead, they go with um, Addison, Jordan Addison. And I, I got to be honest, I'll be honest, you know, I don't want to rip him too much, but I, I watched some of his tape this morning and he just. He doesn't. He didn't wow me a whole lot, Pete. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I, he catches well, uh, but he's mm-hmm. what five ten, one hundred and ninety pounds. You know, they're going to have to put one hundred and seventy. <laughs> excuse me, I gave him twenty pounds. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that the not he, he ran a four four nine or something at the combine. That's not super fast for a wide receiver, even no. a slot guy. And and so, I don't love. Uh, I love some of the picks. I didn't love that one. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, that for me it was a monster disappointment because I know who our, our coach is. He's an offensive-minded guy, right? He wants to get uh, Kirk as many t- talented players as he can. We've got Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, Jalen Naylor, Jalen Rager, T.J. Hawkinson. I think we're doing okay. I know Adam Thielen is gone, but offense was not where we needed to go. We needed to go with a corner. We could have had so many. Joey Porter was one of them. Deontay Banks is another kid who's just unbelievable both of them are six foot or taller. Both of them run four three or four four forty, so they're they're faster than the corner we decided to take. They're much faster than the receiver that they that they're going to have to defend in this world. And you know, and and yet the Vikings decided to go for a really small receiver from USC and a really small corner also from USC. And it it, it just sort of baffled me. I mean, the one trade, the the one pick I did like was Jay Ward, the safety from LSU. 
He reminds me a lot of what we've had at safety for a long time at the Vikings. Somebody who's big, fast, aggressive. They can make plays. They almost are a linebacker, but they're not really quite a linebacker. And, and I think from that standpoint, that was the one pick. But other than that, Dave, I got to tell you, I think it was an absolute uh, – I can't understand it. I also still – why would you go after Josh Oliver in the offseason and give him a $21 million contract for three years, $7 million a year, when yeah. you've got Hawkinson at $9 million, who's kind of a receiver, and they said, well, we needed about blocking tight end. I'll tell you what, uh, all they had to do was take a look over there and say, you know what, this Darnell Washington from Georgia, well, he's, you know, he's close to six foot eight and weighs about 270 pounds. He can run like a deer, and he can catch, but he's probably more of a blocking tight end. And you know what? When you get them in the draft, you don't have to pay them a whole heck of a lot. You get four years to kind of feel it all out. So, I, you know, I think there was a lot of mistakes. If I include the offseason, I think that we, we really didn't do the right thing. And you're right about Hendon Hooker. I tell you, I, I think the Lions stole him. He can sit yep. there for a couple of years. We, we still do, I mean, I still think the jury's out a little bit on Jared Goff because he had a great year in L.A. that then after that he was not. And then he had – a great year this past year with the with Detroit, but you know time will tell. So I think they've got a guy who's sitting there that that is about as talented. You know, Dave, he he was arguably a first pick in the draft guy about halfway through the season, and a Heisman Trophy winner about halfway through the season before he blew out his knee. So yeah. when 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 you look at this whole thing, I I am a little bit frustrated. I I got to admit, I don't know. That, and I'll tell you, they they took that Gibbs kid out of Alabama. He's only a 4-3-40 running back who can catch out of the backfield, who's not selfish, yeah. he likes to block, and he does a little bit of everything. And I'm not with everybody else. If you've got a great running back, it helps out your passing game. Sure and does. I, I, yep. I'm a huge believer in that. So when everybody says, well, you don't have to get a running back here and there, yeah. I, I'm not of that camp at all. <laughs> Well, and it's it's a passing it's a passing league, right? I mean, we all we all know that the NFL is it's for most. Although with the Vikings, uh, they're in this kind of weird transition where it's it's we don't really know what to do with our running game because what's going to happen <laughs> with Dalvin Cook, which we'll talk with uh, Matt Collar about next. I'm curious, very curious, if there was any mm-hmm. sort of deals because when you look at the draft board of what the Vikings did, who went behind, you know, who went around, I just mm-hmm. it made me as I walked away think. Did they expect more picks later? Did, were they trying to do a deal maybe to get back into the second round and they couldn't? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I think Matt would probably have some better insight on that um, because it just seems – you said it, and it just seems like an incomplete uh, draft class. It, it just didn't yeah. – it didn't get to the heart of what the Vikings really need most. Um, mm-hmm. Most. Now, they, need, they got some things filled, but most – uh, I think we mm-hmm. both agreed that cornerback and defense um, and stocking the cupboard a little bit for Brian Flores coming into this job would have been a bit mm-hmm. more helpful to them uh, going into the regular yeah. season. So uh, we'll talk with Matt Collar coming up next. We'll ask him about the Vikings. We'll ask him about the rest of the NFL, who we thought the worst pick was, who was the best pick, and more. He'll join us next. You're listening to the Huddle on 830 WCCO. <laughs> Welcome back to the huddle. If you want to join the conversation with us, you certainly can. We'll take your calls and texts later on this hour. Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461-9226. Our first guest this morning is our good friend and the genius behind Purple Insider, Matthew Collar. Matt, good morning. Good to have you with us. 
Genius, huh? Wow. Uh, well, I want you to come back again sometime, so I thought I'd really lay it on thick. You might be pushing it there a little bit, but I'll I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, just want to start out by saying every player that your favorite team took was higher on my draft board, so you got a steal. Everybody got a steal. All the undrafted free agents, they're all steals. Uh, Matt, Pete and I both, uh, we know better than the Vikings brass. Neither one of us are thrilled with the Jordan Addison pick. Was this really, truly the best pick they could have made? What were your thoughts? Oh, uh, I'm I'm on the opposite side of that. I, I I actually had Jordan Addison as a player that I targeted kind of early on in the draft process because, you know, I mean, number one, he is a great route runner. And I think that that is the number one thing that is going to separate somebody. And I know that he's not the biggest guy, but – Creating separation is a number one. We've seen that from Stephon Diggs. We've seen it from Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. That's what's going to win in the NFL. I also think that you know there's a few things that need to be considered. I mean, number one is that uh, opposing teams toward the end of last year started loading up so much coverage on Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne did not make them pay for that. TJ Hawkinson did, but that's a tight end. There's only so much impact that you can make. I think you needed another guy that could make teams pay for it. The other thing is K.J. Osborne is a free agent after this year, so Justin Jefferson's going to be like, you know, Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince looking around saying, I don't have any other receivers. So I think that's important. (laughs) I think wide receiver two is extremely important. And then to spend the rest of the draft, you know, trying to load up on that secondary, I I think was a really good plan. You know, Addison is certainly, when you look at him, he's probably not the most imposing figure when the general manager and head coach are twice as big as you. But I think if you watch the guy play at USC, he's open all the time, and he's a playmaker. So I like the way that he fits with this team. I can see why they like him so much. Matthew, um, so that one we're we're willing to, or I'm willing to disagree with you, but I would say this. uh, What about the corner? Because then all of a sudden we go to a corner who's also 5'11", and 170 pounds, and and it, it just seems like you know we've got the same player where we could have had somebody who's probably bigger, probably equally or faster, um, and and more of a vertical player, which is something I think that the Vikings defense really has lacked, and and yet we decided to go a different direction for cornerback when we did have the opportunity in the third round. So, what what did you what did you think about that decision as well? Yeah, Makai Blackman, uh, I did scratch my head a little bit at the player because when you looked at the way that the outside world, the draft analysts, where they put him and where they put some other cornerbacks like Keely Ringo, I think is kind of who you're referencing there, the the Mm -hmm. track runner from Georgia, which sounds a little more attractive. I think he was, what, (laughs) 6'2", over 200 pounds and uh, Mm -hmm. just kind of a physical freak, but you know, I think what they went for with both Makai Blackman and uh, with Jay Ward was versatility. I mean, that was the, the word that kept getting used by the scouts we talked to, by Quasi Dapalmensa, that they brought in Brian Flores, and he wants a lot of players who can do a lot of different things. And so they project Blackman as a guy who can play inside or outside, and I, I think that's really important. I mean, the nickel corner position, to me, is the most underrated in the NFL and we don't think about it a whole lot. Teams don't spend a whole lot of money in it. But then look at Shannon Sullivan last year and how much that cost them to have a bad nickel cornerback. So, I mean, I think that they really went extremely for fit here because I did not have Blackman or Jay Ward on my radar at all. 
But yet that was the number one thing that they talked about. It's hard. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. When we go through the analysis leading up, we kind of fall in love with certain players or we see, oh, the, on this guy's board, this one player was way higher. But it's also hard for me to say, no, Brian Flores, don't get the corner you think fits, right? I mean, I do think he's undersized. I, he's also 24 years old, so I kind of, like, is that, you know, you want somebody with a little more upside? But I also think that, you know, they did the right thing positionally at that position to get, you know, not only him but also another cornerback. That's one we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on because of the players that uh, they passed up on, though, for sure. Matthew Collar of Purple Insider joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline this morning. Uh, Matt, looking down some of the later picks. Uh... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. My eyes are drawn a bit to, to Jaron Hall. I know that he's a project. I know that he's 25 years old. I, I watched a little bit of film on him. Is this a guy that they truly do believe uh, could eventually develop into something, or was this just a, hey, we need a quarterback to throw in there and a backup. Let's just get this kid. Well, the cool thing is that Jaron Hall can talk early 90s football with me and Pete uh, next time we're on, so he's old enough. Um, no, look, I, I, think, I, think what they, I think what they wanted to do here is they wanted to get somebody who they really believed in his character and thought, you know, throws a nice football, but they weren't really willing to invest in somebody at the very top, as we saw from Will Levis. Clearly, there was no consensus in the front office and with Kevin O'Connell that Will Levis could be their next franchise quarterback. So instead they decided to go with someone who they, they like as probably a potential backup. And if something comes to fruition with him, if he overachieves, then that's great. And the, the name Brock Purdy gets mentioned over and over and over and over. <laughs> and it's kind of annoying at this point because there's so few Brock Purdy's. But, you know, everybody's kind of thinking that of – and you saw it, you know, with the late-round quarterbacks, there was a run on them, that there was a bunch of them picked. And I think everyone's kind of thinking the same thing. Like, worst-case scenario, Jaron Hall becomes their backup quarterback. He's a very cheap backup who they can try to help improve. And, you know, maybe best-case scenario, he could be a Case Keenum or something 
where he could start. And if he's got the right things around him, maybe he could win. But the physical upside is probably not there for him to ever really become a starter. I've always been against taking fifth and sixth and seventh round quarterbacks because of this. I'd rather just pick somebody who's a pass rusher that might become a situational player or something. But I think after we met Jaron Hall, you totally get it. I mean, just like A-plus character guy, uh, just immediately has a presence about him. And, I, you know, I, he kind of reminded me of like a Kellen Moore who put up, you know, some great stats at Boise State, but he was never going to be gifted enough uh, to be a starter, but had a good career as a backup and became a coach ultimately. I, again, I don't, I don't love those picks. Um, and it makes a lot of headlines for a fifth-round pick, as I just retweeted my own article about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I get it. I mean, I, I get it. If you're Kevin O'Connell and, and Kwesi Adapalmenta, I think you were really impressed by him. And maybe, yeah. maybe there's some situation where he could step in and play in the right situation. Brock Purdy hey, is the new annoying um, Tom Brady, <laughs> yes. by the way. Like, they, that storyline has now pushed the other yeah. one aside. Go ahead, Pete. Sorry. <laughs> Switching gears for a second, as far as the NFC North, uh, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit. We talked about the Lions, and we thought they had a very good draft. Uh, what's your take on the Lions, the Packers, the Bears? Is there anything that really stood out for you as far as the N- NFC North? Yeah, so the Lions is an interesting one because, you know, they didn't really go for those those key positions that are the highest paid and, you know, I think it, a lot of analysts were saying maybe you overdrafted Gibbs, maybe you overdrafted Campbell. Um, but at the same time, if you're the Vikings, I don't think you can laugh too hard at them because you got to play against those players. And those guys are, are pretty good. Um, you know, maybe maybe you could have gotten better draft value at those positions for, you know, a pass rusher, a corner or receiver, the highest paid spots. But Gibbs is a heck of a player and he is one that. I'm going to want to follow because we always hear about these running backs of like, oh, this guy can play receiver and everything else. And then it very rarely comes to position for fruition. It's, it's Marshall Falk and uh, Christian McCaffrey. And I can't remember too many other guys, Eric Metcalf from back in our day, uh, play wide receiver and running back, but there's not too many guys who, who can do it. So um, I'm a little skeptical on that for his impact. I love Jack Campbell though. I mean, if you overdrafted him, fine, because that guy could be a great, great player for them. I mean, that, that team is now loaded uh, the way they've drafted for the last couple of years. As far as Chicago, I just thought they went solid and did the exact right thing, going with a tackle. Like, get some pass protection, whether it's for Justin Fields or somebody in the future. It's a good idea. They drafted some receivers. The guy that they got from Cincinnati, Tyler Scott, a little later on is somebody to watch. He's exactly like Darnell Moon, He's like the same guy. Um, little but great separation, might be a playmaker. Um, Chicago's a year a year or two away from having, like, the Detroit-level roster, but I thought they did fine. The Packers keep drafting tight ends, and I don't really get it. Um, I, I just don't, I truly don't really And backup quarterbacks. Yeah, and, I mean, that's fine, I guess, Sean Clifford, if you liked him. Um, but, you know, going with Van Ness instead of a wide receiver was an interesting decision. But that team's defense has been, like, supremely mediocre over the last few years. And I, I think Van Ness is, is a powerful pass rusher that, again, if you're the Vikings saying, oh, you guys made the wrong decision on defense, but you do have to face him, and I think he could be a pretty good player. Gosh, you could hear Aaron Rodgers laughing in New York when they didn't yes. draft a wide receiver uh, in the first round. Matt, before we let you go, I, I want it real quick. We're up against it, but I want to know uh, the big picture here. Dalvin Cook, there, there's 
it really seems like there's a good chance he's not on this roster next year if they can find a trade partner. What's the latest? What do you see happening? Yeah, I think that um, they don't have much more time here because um, then we're going to start getting into the OTAs and minicamp. And, I mean, I guess they could run this thing through the summer, but they should just release him after June 1st if they can't find a trade partner. Um, but I think the bigger picture point is that we went into this thinking that they might get a quarterback and they didn't. So now there's still this thing floating around in the air. And then Quasi Adafalmenta sort of leaves the door open to an extension for Kirk to which everyone gasped, I think, after uh, he said that. I don't know how much he meant it or not, but it was like, okay. So we came out of this with, I think, a good haul of players for how few picks they had, but no answers to the big questions of Zadari Smith, Delvin Cook, and then what's next at quarterback. So you have no answer for us then? I don't. No, no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> Delvin Cook's probably not here. Delvin Cook, actually, no, Delvin Cook is definitely not playing for the Vikings. Oh, man. I always appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Thanks. Thanks the genius signs off. The genius <laughs> signing off. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. The genius has left the room. Uh, love it. Love it. Love it. Great stuff, as always. Check him out at Purple in, on the Purple Insider. Check him out on Twitter as well. He's always got just fantastic stuff. Matt, thanks. We will step aside, take a quick break. We'll come back with a fast break. You're listening to The Huddle on 830. WCCO. Let's hit this segment running and gunning. Time for a fast back and forth with Pete and Dave. We're calling Fast Break on the Huddle. All right, guys. Let's get into it. Feel, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling more chipper this week, so I'm, I'm ready to you. grill you guys. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, I uh, about you last week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start with you this week, uh, this week Pete. Pretty, pretty simple questions here. Wolves go down in five. Wild go down in six. Ugh. Who who had the more disappointing season when it's, you know, now that it's all said and done? Which team were you more disappointed in to see them out of the playoffs in round one? You know, I think early on I would say it would have been the Timberwolves, but as we got into the season, I'd actually say the Wild. I thought the Wild were playing outstanding. I, I loved what the goaltending was was happening for the Wild. They, they seemed to really have a lot of control. Gustafson was unbelievable until he wasn't. And uh, suddenly in the playoffs, we, we just – we did what Minnesota teams tend to do, which is fold and we're out in the first round, unfortunately. And it's, it's sad because I really did think that we had a, a really good quality team, but unfortunately, you know, as we got through the, into the playoffs, the guys just weren't scoring. And of course, you know, the goaltending just wasn't as good. And that, that's not just on the goaltenders. Obviously the rest of the team's got to help them out as well. But I just, uh, I would have to say the wild because I thought that they were in great position to actually take that first round and we gave it up. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. Now you uh, know my answer. Yeah, you know, my yeah, yours is <laughs> we can wait. I, you know what? Yeah. We're, we're, we'll go into this more in, in our next hour. For, for me, it's mm-hmm. the wild. I, I just, Although I think I knew neither team was was uh, poised to make a championship run this year, um, it I, I do think that the Wild probably, in my mind, had a better chance of at least getting out of the first round of the Timberwolves. So I, you know, it was a it's a tough night. Son and I stayed up late to watch it, and then uh, we were sad when we went to bed. All right, Dave. Now give me one move that each of those teams should uh, make in the off season. Oh boy. Well. Uh, whew. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know what the Wild can do because they're so cash-strapped at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to always be to try to – one move – well, I'll tell you what. The one move the Wild have to do, we have to make sure that they re-sign Philip Gustafson. They, they absolutely mm-hmm. have, to have, his ba- have to have him back. Uh, he's a free agent, and they have to have him back. For the Timberwolves, um, I, I think, I guess, if you can try to trade uh, Big Cat, maybe, to get a haul back for him mm-hmm. – you're, you're more on the, the trade cat for a, a haul over trade uh, Gobert for cents? Oop. Dave, we lose you there? I think I think we, we might, have, might have lost Dave. We, we'll we see. might have lost him. <laughs> he sometimes comes back after a couple I'm seconds. Back. There Sorry. he is. He's there back. he is. <laughs> I think I traded myself. Sorry. Go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I, I was I was just pondering. You, you would, you're of the uh, – Opinion that you'd rather trade Cat for a haul than say, you know, go bear for a discount at this point. Well, now I, listen, I'd love to move. I think Rudy Gobert a discount would be great. I just don't think the front office is going to do it yeah. because they did. I mean, it's, it was such a big, huge deal last year to admit failure on that after one season. You know, it, it, in terms of front office, I don't want to call it an ego, but you know. GMs own it like they're tied to the moves that they make. I just don't think that they will admit failure this early. Well, who's to say it's the same front office? Uh, rumors well, that's still swirling uh, that Conley, uh, or at least Washington has interest in Conley. It's, we don't know if Conley has any interest in, in the Washington job, but he, we do know he has family there. Yeah, golly. I'll tell you what, we'll I, I will say, I, I think Big Cat uh, is an interesting one if you wanted to put him out there, because I think you could get something for him. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of teams out there that he would fit in very, very well, and maybe we get the kind of trade, maybe not quite uh, Rudy Gobert, but something very close. The problem, I think, T-Wolves-wise, really did come down to a lot of it was the trade, because we lost so many quality people that were giving us lots of minutes, and as we had a, just a couple injuries, but we lost Nas Reed, we lose, lose McDaniels, and suddenly you, you, you're a team that's a lot different, and we didn't have the depth. We didn't have the quality depth that we needed for the minutes that we needed, and I think that hurt us against it. You know, let's be honest. I mean, the Denver Nuggets were one of the very best, if not the very best team in the NBA this year. So, I mean, they're right up there anyway. So it was a tough draw because of where we ended up at, at, at that selection. Yeah, yeah, it feels like there are a lot of moves yet to happen this offseason for the Wolves, whether that be Cat, whether that be Gobert, or or maybe everybody's wrong. Maybe they run it back and say, you know what, we just didn't really get the opportunity. Cat was out all year. We didn't really see what could happen with some of these guys. Uh, you know, who, who's to say? That would be the worst thing they could possibly do. Sorry, I, I and I, yeah. I could totally see a scenario where it happens, but that would possibly be the worst thing to not it, admit that any changes need to happen. It, it does. It feels mm-hmm. like the changes are going to happen, but yeah. you know, it's a it's a long mm-hmm. off season. Ahead. All right, Pete, back to you here. I got, I got a, uh, you have more to add? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Back to you here. I've got a, a little bit to read here. This is a, this is a bit of a a lengthy one for you. Center John Michael Schmitz taken at 57th overall, went to the Giants quarterback Terrell Smith, 165th overall to the Bears safety and former walk-on Jordan Howden at 146th to the Saints. Uh, those are Gophers that were drafted into the NFL uh, during the draft this weekend. Plus, uh, let's talk about a number of unsigned or undrafted, I should say, uh, free agents that signed with teams, including 
Kicker Matthew Trickett, who went to Atlanta. Linebacker Mariano Sorimarin off to San Francisco. Linebacker Thomas Rush to the Tennessee Titans. Guard Chuck Filaga to the Packers. And then your big two here, quarterback Tanner Morgan signing on with the Pittsburgh Steelers and running back Mo Ibrahim Ibrahim to the Detroit Lions. Pete, simple question after reading all of that, who has the best career out of those Gophers when it's all said and done? Oh, boy. Well, you know, John Michael Schmitz, I, I think, is going to be one of these guys who, and that's why they drafted him where they did. I think he's a guy who will be a 8-, 10-year guy who will be the center for the Giants or somebody in the NFL for that stretch. And I think that one, um, it's why he went as high as he did. I think as far as the guys on the lower end, though, Thomas Rush is an interesting kid. And I, I've watched him since he got to the University of Minnesota, and he, he always impressed me. He always stood out. And he's going to the perfect fit for him, I think, in the Tennessee Titans, which he'll be joining another Golden Gopher as a linebacker there as well. So I think, I think that that's going to be a really good spot for him. I think he could actually make a pretty nice career for himself there as well because he's, he's big, he's got enough speed, and he is very, very aggressive. Uh, Mo, of course, is great. I just don't know how well he'll hold up in the NFL physically, and that yeah. that will be difficult. But we've got a lot of great uh, defensive backs that went into a lot of those teams. Some of them could be there for a long time, but um, I think Thomas Rush definitely stands out. I, I would agree with you on uh, John Michael Schmitz. I think um, Big Ten linemen often do very, very well in the NFL. It, it's just it's one of those things that, like the SEC is known for wide receivers. Um, you know, I think the Big Ten is known for offensive linemen, and he's just he's just a great player. You know, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can cycle through offensive linemen so quickly that I think there's a better chance for him to make an immediate impact of, say, you know, better than maybe um, Mo Ibrahim. Just just because, like you said, it, it's going to be tough to, to crack the depth chart. It's going to be, you know, he's going to have to hold up because he's had a lot of wear and tear. But I'll go with Schmitz as well. And, of course, Ibrahim stepping into a situation where they already drafted another yeah. running back this year in uh... – Yep. What's his name? Gibbs, was it? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Jameer yeah, Gibbs. Yep. Jameer Gibbs, plus signing uh, the – man, I'm, I'm blanking on these. The signing the uh, David Montgomery, the uh, the former oh. Iowa State and the Chicago running back as well. So mm-hmm. he's got some co- stiff competition in Detroit to get snaps. Not that he can't do mm-hmm. it. We've seen he can he can do a heck of a lot. But uh, he faces a bit of an uphill battle signing with the Detroit Lions. Dave, back to you for a final question. We're a bit into the baseball season now. And man, is it looking like the AL Central is the Twins to take if they want it. <laughs> now that we finally have a better scope of the baseball landscape, I think we do at this point. I, I think we see what these teams are. I don't think there's going to be much change from you know. I don't. I don't think the White Sox are all of a sudden going to rebound. At least <laughs> I personally don't. So, what should the expectation for the Twins be the rest of the season? Is it just a playoff appearance? Is it should should they win a series? Should they win a, a first round series? Should they win a game? What is your expectation, and what should Twins fans demand out of this team the rest well, of the season? Are you asking me as a as a professional journalist or a sports fan? Because if it's a professional journalist, I would as I used to play once on television, uh, I would say they should absolutely win the central and maybe even a, a, a division the, the pitching's been solid the hitting's starting to come back around when when they remember that they have to run hard on home runs polanco yesterday at one drill be crazy i mean because, in his defense that looked like a home run run the bases man <laughs> I, i'm sorry i just i get it i get it them. it's a home run right but 
as soon as you see that ball start to come in, get on your horse. Anyway, like get there. It drives me crazy. Uh, From a professional standpoint, yes, they should absolutely win a first-round series. From a fan standpoint, uh, they're going to lose in the first round because all the teams lose in the first round in Minnesota. Drives me crazy. Now you got me fired up. Are they going to win a game at least? For all all the right, (laughs) I don't know. Tell you this, guys. I actually think the Twins are a little bit different than we've been, and I think because of the fact that the pitching is as good as it's been, if that continues, um, that's something a little bit new for us, right? I mean, we are always trying. We're always talking about all these trades. We always need pitching. We don't have enough pitching. We can't stop anybody. I think we've got that, and now now it's a matter of just getting those bats, you know, working the, the, the direction they need to go. So I'm actually very encouraged, and I think because of the, the pitching, this is a team that I think we should make sure they, they absolutely should control the Central the entire year, I think, and get into the playoffs, and, and unless it's the New York Yankees, I think they're going to win. I think they'll get yeah. a series or something out of it. Well, look, Sonny Gray's got the best ERA, right, in, in the majors right now. Great that it's early, but – yeah, .62. You've got Joe Ryan, who is tied for the league in wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got Luisa Rice, whose batting average is the best in MLB. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know what? Again, you give something to get something. Uh, Pablo's yes. been good. They, we got prospects. Yeah. So, yeah, you, I, I don't think you can be too mad at that. And really, you know, another thing and we've been saying it all year, we said it before the year, what is different about this team, yes, it's the pitching, but it's the depth of pitching. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we have great stars, Sonny Gray, yes. incredible, but you have Kenta Maeda go down, you have uh, Tyler Maley go down, and, oh, look at that, there's Bailey Ober who can yep. who can pitch the heck out of a game uh, and, and, nice and be just ready with it. So, Well, and as always, and we've I'm sure we've talked about this before, as always, it's going to be what team is is the most healthiest at the end of the season, right? I mean, that's what it always comes down to, 162 yep. games. What team can still be the most intact yep. uh, when we get to the yeah. end line, to, and it will be successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pete, yeah. I, I don't know if the Yankees are even going to make the playoffs this year. You know, Have you seen that day. team? They, that would be wonderful. They really are struggling. Oh, man. They're unbelievable. And yet, you know, in that same division, who's on top? Oh, Tampa. Tampa Bay. These guys are unbelievable. I mean, it's every single part. They're exactly the Boston Bruins of baseball as far as the, the regular season. I mean, these guys, there is not a category they don't seem to be in the lead. I mean, everywhere you look. And, and just take a look at the runs against versus how many they've got. It's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing right now, I think, what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. And it's really fun. And as a matter of fact, it's it's great because I get a chance to go up there once in a while, and I've seen some hockey, I've seen a little bit of baseball, and uh, I've yet to get back for a Buccaneer football game, but one of these days I'll make one of those as, as well. Yeah. Oh, man. The Yankees not making the postseason. I mean, is there any other – every fan base not in New York will celebrate. Yeah, is that – I mean, does that count as a playoff win for the Twins? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. something. Well, they've had their share of losses there, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break. We're up against it. We'll come back and put a wrap on hour number one. You're listening to 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the Huddle 1055 on this Sunday morning. Been a rough week for the Minnesota sports scene. Timberwolves out, wild out. Got me wondering this morning, um, what? What sad song of any genre, what sad song of any genre most accurately <laughs> describes the Minnesota sports postseasons? Keep in mind that the, the Vikings, the Timberwolves, and, and the Wild. 
that that yeah. all of them. Pete, what song <laughs> accurately depicts Minnesota sports postseasons to you? Well, Dave, as you know, I, I have an incredibly long list because there's an incredibly long list of of, <laughs> of times where we thought we had it, man. I mean, whether it was yeah. a, a kick going right or left, if you're a part of the Vikings, you know, and and, and the, the loss against Atlanta when we had the best team in all of the NFL and the NBA, same thing. I mean, just trying to even get to the finals or, or you know, with the, how about the fact that we are the, the, the land of hockey? And how many, I can't remember, how many Stanley Cups have we gotten? Oh, <laughs> I mean, oh Peter. No, and Come I'm, on. I'm as frustrated as anybody. I, know. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's crushing, quite honestly. And, I, you know, every time I even bring up the hockey one, I feel bad because it's like, hey, look, we are, yeah. we are good. We put more kids into the NHL than anybody in, this, in the country. And yet, yet we just don't have enough on the Wild uh, or the North Stars back in the day, because that's how old I am. But uh, for a lot of people who don't know that, the Dallas Stars were in Minnesota as the North Stars. But anyway, uh, highway to hell. How about that? <laughs> a little, a little ACDC. Just because things are that bad. That's I mean, good. they really are that bad. Or shot down, you know, in flames is another ACDC song. Oh. Where it's just, it's a lot of energy, and, and it's just anger because things are just not mm-hmm. right. And that, that's I kind of think where where we are when it comes to a, especially the championships, the postseason, as you said. It's it's just a bummer. You know, and, and that's what it comes down to. We, we've been close. You know, we had the Vikings mm-hmm. a couple of years ago make it to the NFC title game. The possible, you know, we're talking about a Super yeah. Bowl coming into our hometown where we're going to play. You're right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Wild, we, we, it seems like it's repeated that each year we have a great team. You know, it's a great team. Dave, you got, a, you got and, an answer for the question? Okay, uh, sorry, sorry. My Real answer quick, is everybody to... hurts by REM because we're always hurting. <laughs> I've got the, the fan experience. I've got one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Oh, they... oh, I like that one. Oh, I think you win it. Oh, Charlie, good call. Thank good you. Good call, brother. Good call. All right, we'll take a, a quick break. Come back on the other side of this break. Listen to the huddle. See you in a bit. <laughs> we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.